Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. God is so good. I'm honored and privileged to be here and to share the Word of God. One of my former pastors said, it's an awesome task to stand behind God's sacred desk, the pulpit. And I have never taken that lightly in all my years. And uh, what a privilege. I also want to take the opportunity to thank you um, for praying for myself and for Chris. And uh, I will say we had a really good winter down in Arizona. Get out of the cold and be in some warm weather, which was good for my health. And uh, appreciate your continued prayers. Um, I have been communicating with the University of Minnesota Fairview and uh, pressing forward to the possibility of a transplant. So continue to pray for us. Thank you also for praying for Laura. These are uh, tumultuous times over in the middle, in uh, Eastern Europe. And it's a dangerous place, but she is safe. And we're so thankful for that and grateful. So uh, thank you for praying for her. Tonight we're going to make a comparison between Peter's repentance and Judas's remorse. And we'll figure out what's the difference. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 22. And and, uh, Pastor Lloyd so graciously read the first 23 verses. And I want us to pick it up from there to verse 34. And uh, it's a long passage. You can, you can sit tonight. Um, verse 24. Also a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater? The one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. 
You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, as a word for repentance, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me, deny three times that you know me. And then go over to verse 47. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. And he approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike him with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, am I leading a rebellion? That you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple court, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest, and Peter followed at a distance. But when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know, you, know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw and said, You are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he was a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word.
I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be our teacher, that you would open up our hearts and minds to be receptive to your word and to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. And Lord, now, draw us to yourself. And your word says, if Christ be lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. And Lord, I give you the honor and the glory and the praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Pastor Ryan did a wonderful job of explaining Lent last Sunday, even though it went kind of fast and probably over my head. But then I looked up the word Lent in the Latin, and it means spring. Do you believe it? It is spring. And then I looked up the word mondi in the Latin. And the word mondi means command. And there were two commands that Jesus gave that mondi night. One was the Lord's Supper was a command. Take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. And then he said, drink. This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the second command is this, that we are to love one another. John 13, 34 and 35 state, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Their commands. Commands that are to be obeyed. As I looked at all the scriptures, a portion of scripture came to mind. It's Matthew 7, 13 and 14. And I believe that this was the verses that brought Cliff Langrud to a close relationship with Jesus Christ. And it says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Peter chose the narrow way and Judas chose the broad way to destruction. And the real question is this. Was Judas saved when Jesus called him to be his disciple? It's a question that has been thrown around for centuries. 
And the scripture's not clear on this. But we know that Jesus called him. And I believe that when Jesus called Judas, he believed in Christ. But I think he was drawn away by the things of this life. Luke 12, 15, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You see, we can start out on the right road. But maybe in the course of that, walking that road, we might have a change of heart and something might overtake us and draw us away from Christ. I'm sorry to say I have some Bible school classmates that started out good, but have walked away from Christ. My heart goes out to them. It could have been me. And uh, we need to guard our hearts. We need to stay close to Jesus. And Matthew 26 gives us the account of the Last Supper. Judas made a deal with the high priest to betray Jesus. He asked them, what would you give me if I delivered him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. Now that was no small amount of money. You could buy a slave for 30 pieces of silver. Then as they were sitting around the table eating, Jesus said, one of you will betray me. And they began to say to him, one after another, Lord, is it I? He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man had he not been born. Same is true for us. It would be better for us never to have been born than to betray our Lord. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. And the question is, what caused Judas to betray Jesus? Was it a change of heart? Had his love for Jesus grown cold? What happened? 
You know, in the last days, it says the love of many will grow cold. And that's why the fellowship of believers is so absolutely precious. And scripture tells us as we see the coming of the Lord getting nearer and dearer, we are to encourage each other all the more. So we don't fall away. The story of Mary of Bethany anointing Jesus gives us a look at the heart of Judas. John 12, 4 through 8. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was in it. You know, we've all heard of stories where a treasurer might borrow from the account and, and they have every good intention to pay it back, but they can't do it. I always, during my ministry, like to stay as far away from money as I could. That's somebody else's job. But Judas was a thief. And he used to take money out of the money bag. And Jesus replied, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. At the last supper, after Judas had betrayed Jesus, he went out. In John 13, 27 through verse 30, as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. What you are about to do, do quickly. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the feast or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. When Satan entered his heart, there was a darkness that came into the life of Judas. Satan had entered into his heart. We know that Jesus on the cross won the victory over sin, death, and the power of Satan. We need to walk in that. We need to trust in the, the crucified Jesus because he's all powerful. Guess what? Jesus wasn't at the prayer meeting in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
You wonder why? He was busy carrying out the plan to betray Jesus. Matthew 27, 3 through 5. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse. And remorse means a deep regret or guilt for a wrong committed. He had remorse. And he returned the 30 silver coins to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said. I have betrayed innocent blood. And those chief priests and elders says, what is that to me? That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and he hanged himself. Judas's heart had changed. His love for money had overtaken his love for Jesus. And in the end, the thing that he loved the most meant nothing to him. People, when we come to that place in life where we die, there's nothing else that matters but a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing. Everything we have is nothing. And so often we strive so hard for all this stuff when what really counts is knowing Jesus. Like Paul said, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. I just want to know him. When it comes to my end, I just want Jesus Because that's all that's going to matter. And then we look at Peter's repentance. Peter and I have something in common. We both have big mouths. Believe it or not, my mother told me, he says, Dale, that mouth of yours is going to get you into trouble. And she was right. I remember in sixth grade, the teacher told me, you can ship up or shape, or shape up or ship out. And under my breath, I said, I'll ship out. And I got shipped out right to the principal's office. My mouth got me in trouble. And then I remember when I was a senior, you'd think I'd have learned something from sixth grade to senior. I was in an English literature class. 
and we were studying Shakespeare. And I hate Shakespeare. I'll be honest with you. I really didn't like to read back then even. But God did a work in my heart. And I sat way back in the far corner and I made a statement, he says, why do we have to study this junk? Ship out again, I went to the superintendent. And the superintendent said to me, he was also the student body president or counselor, and I was the student, student body president. How dare she do this to the president? But the superintendent told me, Dale, you will go back and you will apologize to your teacher and you will do absolutely everything she tells you to do. Man, did I have homework. But she became my favorite teacher. Do you want to know why? My mother had died shortly before that, and I was rebelling. And somebody cared enough to confront me and get me on the right track. A big mouth can get you in trouble, right? I don't suppose anybody else has had that problem. <clears throat> and Peter, wow. Peter had a big mouth. He was always the first to speak up make a statement without thinking. Have any of you ever done that? Twice? <laughs> Hope you're not lying. <laughs> Peter. Peter. Peter made statements that he could not keep. After Jesus and the disciples left the upper room and made their way to the Mount of Olives, Jesus said to them in Matthew 26, 30 and 33 through 35, you will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Peter answered him, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to Peter, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. All of them. And that very night, they all fled. 
You know, friends, sometimes we're so ashamed of our Jesus. We're no different than Peter. We're no different than the other disciples. And Jesus admonished his disciples, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, how we fail our Lord. When you think of how much he loves us, the sacrifice he made for us. We should not want to do anything that would bring hurt to his holy name. After the arrest at the mount, it says in Matthew 26, 56, then all the disciples fled. All of them. Peter's denial. Peter followed at a distance, it says, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and there he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire, Mark 14, 54. Peter followed at a distance. Maybe some of you here tonight are following at a distance. You don't want to get too close. You don't want to be too bold about what Christ has done for you. So you follow at a distance. Oh, it's great to come to church. But then act totally different Monday through Saturday. following at a distance. And the first denial was a servant girl of the high priest. You also were with the Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. He had to move from the fire to the entryway. And the second denial, in the entryway, a servant girl found him there. She said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. And the third time, after a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. Your voice gives you away. You're brogue. He was a Galilean. And Peter began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, 
I don't know this man you're talking about. He'd been with him for three years. He knew him intimately. And the result. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and he wept. Verse 72 of Mark 14. And in the Luke Gospel, it says, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. He was guilty by association. You know, the look, right? Children know what kind of look we have when we're upset. Or dad is studying. It was that kind of a look. That look. The same look that Jesus gave to Peter. A warning. And he broke down and one translation says he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. And you've all seen that look from parents or somebody in authority. Brad, I bet you have that look as a teacher. Yeah. During the Lord's Supper, Jesus spoke to Simon Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Peter should have kept his mouth shut right there. But then he goes on and he says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. He didn't know what he was saying. Peter was far from perfect. He fails just like all the rest of us. What's the difference between repentance and remorse? Repentance produces change. It's a turnabout. You turn away from your sin unto God. Whereas remorse merely produces sorrow, which is often confused with repentance. I believe Judas was sorry for what he did. 
He admitted it, I'm sinful and I have betrayed innocent blood. He admitted his sin, but he didn't turn away from it. In 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Today many people have remorse over what they've done. They're sorry that they got caught in their sin. But they're not sorry for the sin itself. Have we deeply repented of the sin in our life and changed the direction of our life? Guilt is lifted and the true peace of God floods our soul when we repent. Judas had remorse which led to death. Peter repented and received forgiveness and peace. What about you and me? It was our sin that put him on the cross, not just Judas or Peter. Our sin. We are as guilty as they were. Yet Jesus loved them in spite of what they had done. Remember when Judas came to betray Jesus with a kiss. He says, friend, are you going to kiss me? He still called him his friend in spite of all that had transpired because the will of Jesus is that Judas should have been saved. He loves us unconditionally and demonstrates his love by dying on the cross and paying for our sin. Jesus wants us to repent and believe in him, taking away our sin and shame. And he gives us the righteousness of Jesus. Isn't that great? Something I don't deserve, something I can't earn, but only Christ gives it to us when we repent and believe in Christ. I can't help but think as we go through this holy week how much Jesus loved us. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. 
He really loves you and me. He cares about every aspect of our lives. But first and foremost, he wants you to be his child and to walk in his ways. Where are you tonight in your relationship with Jesus? And if you're not in a right relationship with him, I just pray as you come to the altar tonight, this is the most wonderful place of prayer where you can confess your sin and you can believe in the Lord Jesus and put your faith in him. And you'll be at peace with God. Father in heaven, thank you for your word today. Bless it to our hearts. May we learn, may we grow. May our love for you be greater and our desire to obey you out of a pure heart would be manifest. By this all men will know that you are my disciples as you love one another. Thank you, Lord, for this night. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a, a song. It's not a hymn. And it might be a little difficult for a congregation, but it's a, it's a song that's touched my heart, and it's called 30 Pieces of Silver. And if you look on your back page of your bulletin, the chorus there says, 30 pieces of silver was the price they gave. 30 pieces of silver, just the price of a slave. And my heart I have given to this Christ betrayed. And I know just how much he loved me by the price he paid. <laughs>